Good morning. This morning we continue in our sermon series called Then Sings My Soul. As we look at the great hymns of the church that have very much sustained the church, helped us in our own prayer and worship lives. And today we are taking a look at the hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. The Roman cross. It's a central icon, figure, symbol of the Christian faith. You can't walk into any house of worship without seeing one. And it is the symbol that reminds us of Jesus, of his life, his death, and his resurrection. Many people have images of the cross, whether it's tattooed on their bodies or they have it displayed in their homes or even fashion it into jewelry. Most Christians have a cross displayed somewhere in their home. And as a pastor, my office is filled with them, many of them gifts. In fact, uh, Pastor Paul, if you go into his office, he has an entire wall dedicated to crosses. It is impressive sight to see. The question here today is, when you survey the cross, when you look at the cross, what do you see? What do you feel? What do you know about the cross and its importance? Before we dive in to the scripture that inspired this great hymn and causes us to ask when I survey the wondrous cross, let us start with a word of prayer. If you would join me. Heavenly Father, Lord, I give you thanks and praise for this day. I thank you for the gift of gathering as your people freely here to worship you, to praise you, and to hear a good word from you. Lord, I would ask that you open our hearts, our minds, our very lives to you so we could receive your word, so we could receive the good news of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. So I have a, a few crosses over here on display. And if uh, you know, happen to notice them, you'll, you'll notice there's, that crosses come in all shapes and sizes and various styles, right? I, I have a general, like, the crosses come in three primary forms that I seem to find in, in the world and, and in my life, right? There's prayers with, or excuse me, prayers, there are crosses with words. Some with prayers on them, like this one. It's the Lutheran cross with the Luther's rose. If you're a diehard Lutheran, this one's for you. It's got the Lord's Prayer written in German in it. And then, of course, crosses with words. These are the ones that our uh, men's ministry and now prayer cross ministry uh, started to make. And it says, faith, hope, and love, pointing us to what we find and, and are blessed with in Jesus Christ. It has the Bethlehem star and the manger. And of course, then this one I got for my real it says, bless this home. It's beautiful with a fleur-de-lis on it. And it just reminds me of, of the good blessings that God brings into our lives with Jesus Christ. So there's crosses with words. And then there are crosses without words. Like this one's made out of alder, and, and it's got some red swirls in it from bacteria that grows in the alder. And it's really just two pieces of wood put together. And then there's this one that's kind of ornate and, and frilly looking, and oh, it makes me feel warm and comfortable when I look at it. And then there's this one. This one's an Ethiopian 
cross. And priests in the Ethiopian church, what they do, this is, it has a bunch of lattice work. And this is all done by hand. Not one is the same, but this lattice work is created in such a way that it is to remind us of eternal life. That lattice work, it goes on for infinity, it seems like. And a priest would hold this up and do the blessing in worship, do the benediction in worship with this kind of cross. It's meant to be held. So there are crosses with words, crosses without words. And then there's this one. This is a crucifix. I know it's kind of hard to see. But a crucifix is not an empty cross. It's not a cross with words. Even though Jesus' cross had the words, King of the Jews, above him. When you look at this cross, you see the nails piercing the hands and the feet. You see the wound in his side the centurion gave him. You see the crown of thorns on his head. And this particular one called San Damiano. This one has the people who were there at his death near his feet. John, Mary, Mary. And it's that cross. We look at Jesus on the cross. It's this one. that we get a little uncomfortable. It's hard to look at that cross. It's hard to look at that cross and not feel something. The story behind that particular cross, the San Damiano cross, is that there's a larger version of that one hanging in an abandoned chapel in Assisi. And while still in his early 20s and seeking his place and purpose in the world, it's said that St. Francis of Assisi was praying before that cross when he heard the voice of God commanding him, rebuild my church. St. Francis of Assisi, his response to surveying the cross was to give his life to Christ and to let God use his life to bring God glory. The cross, with words or without words, it communicates so much about Jesus, about God, and about each one of us. In his famous hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, Isaac Watts sought to communicate what the cross means for us and what it, God did for us in Jesus through the cross. Written in 1707 to be sung during worship to prepare our hearts to receive communion, Watts penned these words. He said, When I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but lost and pour contempt on all my pride. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet or thorns compose so rich a crown? 
To survey the cross of Christ means to look at both the hard and the ugly truth of life as well as the beautiful and astounding truth about ourselves and God. You see, the cross is where both the ugly and the beauty of the world collide. To look at the cross with Jesus on it forces us to ask this question. Why did Jesus have to die? Why? It's such a hard thing to look at. As we read in scripture, he died because our sin is so great. He died because the consequence, consequence of sin is death. But rather than having us pay the consequence for our sin, Jesus took on our sin and the sin of the world and paid the consequence through his own death. He took on sin, death, and the devil on the cross. He wasn't afraid of the ugliness of sin. He faced it head on so that through his death, we could receive that beautiful gift of grace, of forgiveness, and eternal life through him. To look at the cross means to look at the hard and difficult things in our lives, in our souls while simultaneously looking at the beauty and hope that is ours in Christ. And this is why the cross is such a powerful symbol of our faith, because it's not just two sticks of wood slapped together, right? It's not two beams of wood that have just been haphazardly thrown together and we're asked to look at it Rather, what we're looking at is the very heart of God. The beauty and the hope that is ours in Christ. When we look at the cross, what we see, it's not just Jesus hanging there. What we see is a God who gave up the glory of heaven to put on human flesh to be among us, to be one with us. And not just to live among us and experience all that we experience, but then to take on our sin. He loved us so much that he took on our sin and he willingly went to the cross to die there for our sin. All of this so that we can be sure that there is nothing in us or that we may face that Jesus hasn't already seen or dealt with. He's not afraid to see the dark and ugly things that are in your life or my life. He's, he's already with you as you look at them too. He knows what it feels like to be abandoned. Eli, Eli, leme sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's quoting Psalm 22. Lamenting his fate and his feelings on the cross. But Psalm 22 doesn't end in despair. It ends in hope and praise. Jesus knew that. The people who were there at the very end with him, they knew this. They knew it well, his followers. 
my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, is turned into, in verse 23, I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him. All you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. To look at and survey the cross means to look at the love, the hope, and the majesty and victory of God over all things. All things. God wasn't silent as Jesus cried out. God was listening and he was working his plan of salvation and new life all through the cross. Because you see, in three days, the tomb would be empty. In three days, the women weeping at Jesus' feet would be rejoicing and sharing the good news that he is risen, he is alive, he is victorious. In three days, the disciples who were scattered and, and scared would be redeemed and called to tell everyone from Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth about the love of God in Christ. And what incredible new and eternal life could be found in him. When I personally look at the cross, when I survey the wondrous cross, I see my pride. I see my lack of faith. I see my anxiety, my broken relationships, my shame my hurting, and my grieving heart. I see it all. But I also see God in Christ saying, I love you. I forgive you. I am with you. And I am for you. I'm going to transform you. And I am showing you a new way and a new day. I am bringing new life and you are mine and I am yours. And there is nothing that can snatch you out of my hands. Not even sin, not even death, not even the devil. Nothing of heaven or earth can separate you from me. Do you see that when you look at the cross? Do you hear that when you look at the cross? If so, what's your response? What's your response? Because like St. Francis of Assisi, we all have a response. Are you in a place where you are broken and beaten down by life and you are crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If so, Jesus is inviting you to trust him and trust in the Lord and his plans Put your faith in him, trust in him, lean on him during this dark time because he will turn your weeping into joy and praise. Are you in a place of grief? 
whether from a medical diagnosis, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a life situation. So Jesus is inviting you, come and know the hope that is in me, a hope that the world cannot give or ever take away. Or are you in a place today where, where the cross calls out to you to give your life more fully to Christ? To love and serve him more, to share your story, to, to share your faith with others in ways that like St. Francis did, to encourage others to, to walk this life of faith with Jesus Christ because it is so rich. What is your response today? What is your response I pray each of us are able to respond with our whole heart the way that the great old hymn encourages us to do. Were the whole realm of nature mine that were a tribute far too small Love so amazing, so divine. Demands my soul, my life, my all. May we survey the cross and trust wholeheartedly in the Lord with our life, our soul, our all as Christ gave his all for us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I give you thanks and praise for your son, Jesus Christ. For his life, for his death on a cross, and for his resurrection, his victory over death and sin. Lord, help us to look at your cross to see you, to ultimately see your heart when we look at the cross. And Lord, as we well up this response inside of us, may we respond with a resounding, I trust in you. I place my hope in you. I believe in you. And help us to live more fully lives of faith that honor and give glory to you. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.